Hello, I'm Rena Grobe. And I'm Madvi Romani. And this is Misinformed, a show where we'll be talking about our latest internet obsessions. So Rena, what did you get obsessed with this week? Last week, the news broke that Victoria's Secret would no longer have angels. Instead, they would hire diverse and empowering women to represent their brand. I think they also announced that they would be getting rid of the Victoria's Secret's fashion show. I feel like no one wanted or is going to miss that. Along with this comes a lot of complicated feelings and thoughts around lingerie, the male gaze. Is it empowering? Was it ever empowering? Victoria's Secrets, question mark in general. So yeah, that's what I've been thinking about this week. It's been massive news, and a lot of people have been saying, wow, you know, it's about time because... This idea of these angels strutting around in underwear, super tall, thin, blonde, completely catered to the male gaze. These models, bear in mind, they get paid a lot, which is great, but they don't eat any solid food for two days before the show. And then they do, I think, two workouts a day. I mean, the owner had close ties to Jeffrey Epstein They had a super toxic workplace, models were treated really badly just to make this show happen. So altogether, it's kind of damaging for women. I mean, I don't really go into Victoria's Secret stores ever, but when I'm at Heathrow, there's one there, and I walk past it, and it's black and shiny, and inside is this explosion of pink. They have the television there showing the show, and the girls from the show. And I like to think that I'm not affected by that stuff, but I think we all are. When we see these super tall, thin, idealized, super feminized, unrealistic women strutting around, and that's the idea of sexy and what you should be like to be sexy and to cater to the male gaze, it makes you feel shitty. And that's also me, but I mean, imagine all the young girls, all the anorexia this causes, all the body dysmorphia... For people who are non-binary, I mean, I think it's great that they're getting a real proper diverse set of women in. So the new group of women will be U.S. soccer player Megan Rapinoe, actor and entrepreneur Priyanka Chopra, LGBT activist and model Valentina Sampio, model and South Sudanese refugee Adut Akech, British journalist and equality advocate Amanda de Cadenet, and champion Chinese-American freestyle skier Eileen Gu, as well as model and body positivity activist Paloma Elesser. They're trying very hard to push this diversity and inclusive sort of narrative, and I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Everything about Victoria's Secrets makes me feel kind of icky. Yeah, it's really complicated, right? I'm reading this amazing book right now called King Kong Theory, and... It really made me think about the fact that actually they have got some really amazing women in there, very credible women. So they did a really good brand turnaround. They didn't just say, hey, we're going to put some few more plus models in there or any plus models in there for that matter. For me, Priyanka Chopra is super beautiful and comes from mainstream anyway, but it is a serious group of women and they're really well accomplished. And like I was saying, when girls and women see that, Victoria's Secret still has 21% of the underwear market in the US, which is down from 32% in 2015, but it's massive. And its next closest competitor is 
Hannes Brands with 16% share. So just think about all of those girls looking at what is elevated and what gets space on the screen or in our society. I think it's kind of good for them to see like, oh, there's diverse paths and people and all that kind of stuff. Of course, it's good that these women are being paid and elevated and it's good for their public profiles. It's good for society. On the other hand, like I was saying, I was reading this book called King Kong Theory and in there there's a passage and it says, in 1929, Joan Riviere, an early 20th century psychoanalyst, wrote Womingliness as Masquerade, in which she discusses the case of an intermediate type, a heterosexual but masculine woman, who suffers from the fact that Every time she expresses herself in public, she is overcome by a terrible dread that causes her to lose control and manifests as an obsessive, humiliating need to attract the attention of men. So analysis revealed that the explanation of her compulsive kind of coquetting was an unconscious attempt to ward off the anxiety which would ensue on account of the reprisals anticipated from the father figures after her intellectual performance. So basically what she's trying to say is these women, they exhibited their real intellectual proficiency, they carried it through successfully, they were, in psychoanalysis terms, I guess, like in possession of the father's penis, having castrated them because they're stepping into these male roles, the the super powerful women. But then, because society shows that women should be kind of weak and feminine and all that, they then just try and cater also to the male gaze. So I was thinking about all these wonderful women who stepped forward, and I'm sure they really thought about it and really had the same doubts as you have about Victoria's Secret. Do I do this? Do I not? What's the impact? And then I was thinking from a psychoanalyst point of view, it feels also, and I think it's not for us to judge that decision, like only they can make it and they're fully within their rights and it's great that they, they make money and everything from it. But also maybe it's discomforting that they're still at the peak of their power yet. They still are catering to, in the end, the male gaze. Or is it the female gaze now? I don't know. But I think, I feel like Victoria's Secret and that whole thing, it's still somehow in our society, in the way it's set up, women are still performing for men and all these great women have been brought on board and that's kind of good on one hand. On the other hand, holy shit, is it sending the message that, hey, you can be as successful as you like, you can kill it at everything, but still, in the end, you're modeling underwear for men. Yeah, see, that was my first thought because on the one hand, yeah, representation does matter. If you see your body type, your identity represented in mainstream media, you know, you feel validated and it's not to be underestimated the impact that makes, especially on young, vulnerable girls. But the history of Victoria's Secret is sort of important to note here. So Victoria's Secret was started by a man because he felt uncomfortable shopping for lingerie for his wife in department stores. The very funny thing about this is, is that He said in an interview in 1977 in Newsweek, when he tried to buy lingerie for his wife, he was faced with racks of terry clothes, robes, and ugly floral print nylon nightgowns, and always had the feeling the department store saleswoman thought I was an unwelcome intruder. And there is something so funny to that, because it's like, just so typically man. Like, he he felt like an unwelcome intruder, because he was an unwelcome intruder. But rather than realizing, oh, this is a female space I've invaded, it's not for me, he has this male audacity to be like, I'm going to create a version of this female space for men. It also shows just the male fragility because the whole world is made 
for men. So they're not used to stepping into spaces where women are like, hey, <laughs> this is the underwear space. It's really funny, actually, because there was a massive thing in Saudi Arabia. I think it only maybe in the last year, for the first time ever, women were allowed to have jobs where they sold underwear to women, obviously. Because before... It was all men in the department stores. And there was a joke in Saudi Arabia that every single woman is wearing completely the wrong bra size because, you know, they had to go in and deal with these men with obviously everyone just came out with the wrong size. It's completely not their space. And I feel like with the underwear market in general, all those wires and bras and that discomfort and all of that sort of stuff, a lot of it is made for the male gaze and it's just not practical. Not saying that you can't have really nice things, but female designers or people who are designing with the woman-centered rather than the male gay-centered, it's a bit better. And I think Victoria's Secret is very clearly, I've never shopped there, it just makes me icky, the whole aesthetic. As someone who has bigger boobs, you will not believe the amount of time that I have sat in a changing room crying because it was impossible to find a bra that not only fit and was comfortable because they're rarely comfortable and they rarely actually offer support. I think the first time that I had a bra that actually fit, I had spent ages searching for one. I'd been to many department stores, completely just demotivating, traumatizing experience trying to find bras. And then my mom was like, I remember there's this tiny little store in Munich behind the Frauenkirche. It's super small. And we went in and there's this heavily made up woman with bleach blonde hair wearing glasses on a chain and the store is just boxes full of bras and you go in and she knows exactly what she's doing. She has years of experience. She has these amazing bras. And it was the first time I ever had a bra that fit. So that's the difference between Victoria's Secret and what you're talking about because he felt uncomfortable because things were not visualized. Like you could not go in and see the things straight away. They were all in these, you know, drawers or whatever like that. That's exactly why he was like, oh, I don't know. Let's make a shopping experience for men so they can buy things for women. It's also why I don't like Victoria's Secret because you go in there, first of all, the smell is so sweet. It's like a boudoir. And then there's this interesting thing between angels, good girl, bad girl, which are the two tropes of women. And it just encourages sort of a hyper-performativeness of femininity, which is not really authentic. But about men and male fragility... I want to quote this amazing book again. I've just been reading it all week. So the author in this bit is talking about, actually, she tried prostitution for a while and she started dressing very feminine, but she had never previously been interested in ladies' fashion. But then wearing it now for her new job taught her a couple of things about men. She says, When you're not expecting it, the response elicited by fetish items, suspenders, stilettos, uplift bras and lipstick seems like a huge joke. When we pity the women as objects, the boob job bimbos, the anemic anorexic bitches on TV, we pretend not to notice that effect. But it is men who are really fragile. It's like no one's told them that Santa Claus won't be coming down the chimney. They only have to glimpse a red coat and they go running after it, waving the list of presents they want to see under the Christmas tree. Ever since, I've loved listening to men pontificate about the stupidity of women who are attracted to power, money, and celebrity, as if it were any dumber than being attracted to fishnet stockings. It's true. Fishnet stockings, what's the point? I was reading a paper 
called And Nothing She Needs, Victoria's Secrets and the Gaze of Post-Feminist. So in this paper, the author talks about how the poses that the women take, specifically they analyze Tyra Banks' poses, about how these poses invoke a sort of girl powerness idea, which goes back to this idea of female empowerment and girl boss and selling femininity and who, you know, who is empowered by this. And the author quotes feminist theorist Susan Bordeaux, and she talks about this idea of a redeployment of the gaze. She writes of models having feminine poses, including an adverted gaze and a languid posture. In addition, Bordeaux finds two other forms of an open, inviting, objectifying pose, which she calls rocks and leaners. These feature aggressive and defined stances. Just as the Calvin Klein ads depict a hard masculinity that gay men found attractive, but which would scream hetero to clueless straight men, the Victoria's Secrets pictures depict an empowerment which is really about attracting a hetero male and still reducing women to objects, not agents. All the while, everything else, occasionally including the accompanying text, suggests the process is empowering and fostering agency. Which is so hilarious when next to it, there are pictures of Tyra Banks in these poses where she's supposed to look empowering and she's got the adverted gaze. And then the bra she's advertising is called the miracle bra. Because having your boobs appear bigger than they actually are is a miracle. Because that's what women really want. That's a miracle to women. Yeah. Yeah. So this thing about co-opting female empowerment through the male gaze, even women being defiant isn't safe even female empowerment can be repackaged through the male gaze but yeah like you were saying just to go back to the business aspect of it i think it's good that they've replaced the management slightly a few more women are in charge including the new chief marketing officer the stores the mannequins come in new shapes and sizes it's a bit more inclusive and then they're going to areas like sportswear they also will have a new maternity line yeah, because before maternity was not sexy. Maternity is not sexy, obviously. Exactly. For men, maternity is not sexy. And for women, it's a real need. And of course, maternity can be sexy too. Also, there's just a thing of like, of course, maternity can be sexy, but it doesn't have to be. Maternity is fucking maternity. You're making a baby. Like, Jesus. Give women a break. Like, stop. Exp- you know, it's like this idea of bouncing back after your pregnancy. You're like, holy shit, your body's been through something. You don't need to bounce back. Calm down. Right. Give your body time. God, men suck. I had a very, very smart friend say to me recently, because we were talking, and I said something along the lines of men are trash. And she said, you shouldn't say that. Because if you say men are trash, then that sort of means they can get away with anything. Because if they're trash, then you wouldn't expect anything better of it. They're just being who they are. We need to hold them accountable for their actions. Well, we need to start expecting more from men, too. Yeah. So. Without making excuses for them, yes. Yeah, because saying men are trash gives them a built-in excuse. They're trash, they can't help it. So, like, with more women having more of a voice, for example, Ravino, who is a gay woman, for her, she says, I think functionality is probably the sexiest thing we could possibly achieve in life. Sometimes just cool is sexy, too. So it's coming out of this traditional just one-centered, like, male gaze and letting a little bit more of a view in. The question is is actually, is their design going to change? In the Guardian article, they said that Victoria's Secrets was going to continue to sell lacy songs and, like, push-up bras. So does it really matter if all of a sudden you have Priyanka Chopra modeling your push-up bra? I don't know. It's still a male fantasy. It's still uncomfortable clothing. It's still not what any woman would choose to wear. So 
does it really matter who's modeling it? That's an interesting question. Does it matter who's wearing it if the bra is still the same? And I think from a business marketing point of view, absolutely it matters because Gen Z are coming up and they don't want Carly Claus modeling your bra. They don't look up to her necessarily. However, a gay woman footballer is more, in marketing terms, effective for this generation. So they had to do this turnaround anyway from a business perspective because Like I said, the market share has fallen and it's only going to fall further because it's just outdated and old-fashioned. Yeah, I just wonder, should they and can they recover from this? Because, I don't know, yeah, you're saying, is Gen Z going to buy Victoria's Secrets? Does Gen Z care? I mean, not that everything is about Generation Z or whatever, but is there something there worth saving? Well, it's a very strange thing, right? Because they're a $7 billion business before COVID. So what they're doing is that complete pivot, which I think is right for the times. But when they do that, are they going to lose their original people? And then the new people are just like, hey, we've got our own brands and stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see whether they can make such a big pivot and not sink. Maybe they should sink. I don't think anyone would really miss Victoria's Secret. I think so, yeah. I mean, there are also people who feel super powerful and feminized and good in that style too. It's a style choice. Sure, but I always wonder... Like, there's a thing of, like, yeah, I can understand wanting to wear it if your significant other thinks it's sexy, so you're wearing it for him because he thinks it's sexy. And I just get caught in this loop of, like, well, is that empowerment then? Is it... Yeah, I mean, there's a fine line, right, between what you wear and your choices and also just sexuality where you play with someone else and therefore you might go shopping together, you might cater to each other's needs, listen to what the other person find sexy or not i guess the real question is has anyone ever thought anything at victoria's secrets was sexy is it all just like one big con that no one thinks it's sexy but everyone just thinks the other person thinks it is (laughs) could be seven billion dollar business built on she thinks he finds it sexy and he thinks she finds it sexy and none of them are really comfortable with the whole thing Well, because there is something of like, it's so hyper-present and so hyper-sexualized that I often wonder, do men actually find it sexy? Do they feel pressure to think it's sexy because it's sort of pushed upon them? Yeah, I don't know. I think different men, different tastes. Again, some men will. And on that note, here are our three things you can do this week to be a better person. Thing one, rather than buy bras at Victoria's Secret, why not buy a bra at a woman-owned brand? And even better, a brand owned by a woman of color. Thing two, there was actually a study that showed if you had smaller breasts, it was a bit better for you not to wear a bra at all. Because the the whole point of a bra was supposed to be that they hold up your boobs. But actually, if you have smaller boobs, they hold up better if you just go without wearing a bra at all. And thing three, if you are a person who has boobs... It's really worth taking the time and going to get properly measured by someone who actually knows what they're doing. Do not go to Victoria's Secret. The salespeople there are not trained how to properly measure you. There have been various exposés on this. It's really worth taking the time to find comfortable bras that you feel good in because as anyone who wears a bra knows, wearing an uncomfortable one, it'll ruin your day, it'll ruin your mood, it'll make you cranky, it hurts, they leave marks, so invest in a good bra that you feel comfortable in. Until next week, goodbye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you like, you can share your internet obsessions with us. Tweet us at the underscore miss underscore informed 
or follow us on Instagram at the underscore miss underscore informed. You can also send us an email at misinformed.podcast at gmail.com. You can also listen and subscribe via YouTube for news about the show or upcoming events and links to all our sources, references, and other geeky inspiration. Subscribe to our newsletter. You can find the link via our Instagram. We are an independent, non-profit podcast. If you would like to show us some love, you can make a one-off donation via our SoundCloud or support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash misinformed. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.